Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Hebrews chapter 13, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd like to start out today by asking you a question that I want you to think about. What are you most afraid of? What is your greatest fear in life? Now everybody has different things that they're afraid of. I'm just wondering what yours is. Now if you want to hear the specific definition of what fear is, it's this. A distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. Whether the threat is real or imagined. The feeling or condition of being afraid. So what is your biggest fear? The reason we're talking about fear today is because of the New Testament reading from Hebrews that we heard read that says this. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You hear the writer of Hebrews say that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Why can they be confident? Because in the preceding verse, God had said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's very easy for me to say that we have no reason to fear because God is with us through any type of danger, pain, and in every evil. That's because that's what God's word says, and so that's the message I share. But sometimes it's hard for us to hear God's word. Sometimes it's hard for us to push our fears aside. It's hard for us to overcome the things we're afraid of. And that's because of sin. The reason that we're afraid of things and have fears is because of sin. And in our sin, we don't put our faith and trust in God, our helper, to help us through our fears and to rely on him to get us through it, even though he's always with us. Because really, what can man do to us? Now, there are some things that people are afraid of that are not related to man directly, like spiders and snakes and the dark and heights and water. There are some fears directly connected to man, like flying, since you need a pilot to fly. Fear of commitment, because it takes two to tango. Fear of rejection, because you have to be rejected by someone. And finally, there are some fears out there that can be directly connected to man or not. Some people are afraid of dying, and some people are afraid of the way they die. Like they might be okay dying in their sleep, but they're not okay dying a brutal, torturous death. And I think this last one, dying a torturous death, especially at the hands of someone else, is what we can most closely connect this verse from Hebrews to. So we'd say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Man can take my life, but God is with me, and he will get me through it. To put this in a little different perspective, we could hear Jesus' words from the Gospel of Matthew. He had warned his disciples that persecution is going to come to them, and then he says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. When persecution comes at the hands of men, at the hands of men who are against those who believe in Jesus, don't fear them. Sure, they can take your life, 
but they have no power over the life that is to come. So if you want to fear someone, fear God. Because not only can he take your physical life, but he is the final judge over your eternal life. Or as we saw last week in the gospel reading, God is the owner, the master of the house, and he's going to be the one to come and close the door of his house. And those who are on the inside remain on the inside forever, where they get to celebrate the feast of the Lamb of God, the feast that has no end. Whereas those on the outside, those who don't believe, will remain on the outside, and what is in store for them is eternal punishment, damnation, hell. God, who is in control, is the one we should fear above all things. But if we believe in him, we have no reason to fear at all. Again, that's easier said than done. It's also easier said when we live in a place where we don't really face the persecution the disciples did. Before being in Canada, you may have been somewhere else where you did have that fear. But it's unlikely you face the same kind of Christian persecution here that others do around the world. However, that doesn't mean that it isn't coming. And that doesn't mean we won't ever face it one day. This is something that has been going on for a long time. And as long as there are Christians in the world, there will always be people ready to persecute those Christians. And Jesus even warned us of it too. He said, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And this also goes back to sin. Because sin wants nothing to do with Christ, wants nothing to do with God. God is perfect. Sin is the opposite of perfect. God is love, and sin is the opposite of love. Sin hates. Sin hates God and everything that he is. And the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh are at odds with a God who is love. They want nothing more than for us to not believe in God, for us to fall away and be on the outside when the door is closed. Because that is where the devil, demons, and all those who have died in unbelief are. What happens when the kind of persecution the original disciples faced and some around the world are facing today comes for us. What will we do then? One day I heard this discussion between some people from a few different Christian backgrounds, and I remember one person saying that if they had a gun pointed to their head and they were asked whether or not they were a Christian, they didn't know what they would say. The concern was that they would be leaving their family, their kids behind, and would they be willing to make that sacrifice? Because if they lied and said no to spare their own life, they reasoned that God would truly know their heart and would know why they lied and that they did believe. Now maybe you've thought of this yourself. Maybe you haven't. Or maybe you're like me and you couldn't believe someone actually verbalized the fact that they wouldn't admit to being a follower of Jesus. That when the going gets tough, you run away. You deny. It doesn't really happen here, so in some ways we feel protected. But what if one day someone walks into the sanctuary and threatens to kill every single Christian? What are you going to do? Of course, this is nothing new to Jesus' followers. All we have to do is go to Holy Week and see multiples of examples of this kind of reaction. 
After Jesus is arrested in the garden, Mark writes, And a young man followed him, Jesus, with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they, the soldiers, seized him. But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. This isn't necessarily denial, but this is running away from persecution, potential execution. And you were scared enough to leave all of your clothes behind to save your own skin. If you want denial, all you have to do is look to Peter, just like Jesus did after he denied him three times. Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. If you want to see the fear of persecution, you can look at Easter Sunday. And the disciples are all hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. And then Jesus comes and stands among them and says, Peace be with you. When we talk about how we respond to the potential of persecution for being a follower of Jesus, the greater concern, obviously, is what Jesus says in Matthew. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. What are you willing to give up your life for? Or rather, what aren't you willing to give up your life for? Are you like Peter, saying that you'd rather die than deny, yet when faced with that potential, you save yourself? Do you not want to leave your family to have to live without you? Are you willing to risk eternity for it? Remember, Jesus goes on to say in Matthew, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We know that anyone who dies in the faith has eternal life. And as we think about death from persecution, how can we confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? I think we look no further than those disciples who are hiding out. Peter and John are arrested and those innocent and charge them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. After they're set free, they find the other disciples, and this is their prayer. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you, while you stretch out your hand to heal. Signs and wonders are performed through the name of your, your holy service, Jesus. What changes you? What makes you confidently, boldly profess the name of Christ, Christ, without fear, punishment, or persecution? There is only one answer. Nothing less than the resurrected Christ. He is the one, the one that changes Peter the denier into Peter the proclaimer. He is through the Holy Spirit in his death and resurrection to not, to not, not persecution, fear, reject, rejection, fear, fear, life in the next life is greater faith than anything we are giving up, up, leaving in this life. Eyes ahead for us in the next life, far greater than anything we are giving up or leaving behind in this. My prayer for each and every one of us this day 
is that we can be as bold and bold and confident faith as the disciples were and willingly give up our life. This is only possible possible through the Holy Spirit giving us the faith to believe all of this. And this is only possible through Jesus Christ, who Christ, who died, died, rejected him, 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 Now the peace of God passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.